Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. I am your host, Bill Sickens. Good to have you here with us this week. Yeah. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah, we did. Yeah, same thing here. I, I think I'm still recovering from it a little bit there, but uh, mm. but there you are. You know, it's fun with the holidays. This week we're going to have a clip show. We've got some good stuff for you that uh, looks back on the last three years of User Friendly 2.0, and uh, just some different things we've had a lot of fun with. We've had a lot of good interviews over that time, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of material out there. And even through the whole COVID disruption, there's been just so much material. Your questions and different things coming in like that have made for a really, really good time. Well, so, the recording the show is always fun, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, being able to sit down and kind of go through material and see what's going on in tech and pop culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's our it's our chance to chat with um, with you yep, absolutely. and our listeners. And, and yeah. I really enjoy that. So we're going to be talking about this a little bit more in the end segment today, but uh, we have Emerald City coming up next weekend, so that's going to be fun. Hopefully get some live interviews from that. And uh, yeah. be able to put it out. So that'll air not next Saturday, but the Saturday after, because that's when we'll be recording. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be the first one where we've been back to a live show in over a year and a half. Still mm-hmm. very look, much looking forward to that. Yeah, same here. It just it just is all the way around, and uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll make sure I take pictures oh, yes. and yeah. share it on our um, Twitter account. Absolutely. So we'll get all of that out to you. and. Uh, and definitely have some fun with that. So until then, please have fun with what's left of their Thanksgiving weekend. And as we all prepare to go back to work on Monday, which is going to be interesting. With no further ado, <laughs> let's get into our first clip. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. Great to have you back here with us. Got some interesting information about some stuff that's going on with World, Wizard World and Fan Expo. Now, Wizard World is a Comic Con that all three of us have gone to for many years. We love it. It's always a lot of fun. We love to do the cosplay and everything else. And it sounds like there's going to be some stuff, exciting stuff going forward. So joining us now is Andrew Moyes, who is with Fan Expo, that's going to tell us about it. Number one, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everyone. Hello. So what's going (laughs) on? Let's just start. Well, a very exciting day for us uh, at Fan Expo and, of course, for the new members of our Fan Expo family. Uh, As announced today, six of the largest Wizard World events are joining our portfolio. So as of 2022, they are going to be rebranded as Fan Expo. And one of them, of course, includes Portland. Yes, I was seeing that when I I saw the announcement that came out about this. So that's going to be kind of cool. Can you tell us a little bit about what people can expect? What are some of the differences? What are some of the similarities? Yeah, well, I mean, all those core elements that everyone knows and loves when it comes to uh, the Comic-Con, the community, the cosplay, the celebrities. But we're really excited about infusing even greater heights. You know, when you get to this sort of scale, I think it means that we can bring even, we can get even more exclusive access to sort of superstar talents. I think with such a, a big menu of events, more international brands will want to engage and we can sort of leverage even more innovative experiences because we have so many different platforms that we can deliver them on. So I think that element of scale is going to feed into a better 
more exciting experience for all fans uh, that attend what will now be our 17 events across North America. So I want to talk to you about platforms here in a little bit. But before we go there, I know that Fan Expo has been a huge producer of these type of events for a while. So this is nothing new for your wheelhouse. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing in the past, because I know some of these are very big shows. Yeah, I mean, look, Fan Expo Canada, of course, 130,000 attendees over a four-day weekend. Megacon Orlando, 100,000-plus fans um, over the weekend. So what we really pride ourselves on is producing multi-genre events. So we don't focus just on one single genre. We really focus on all those key genres, gaming, comics, sci-fi, anime, horror, and we put together an experience that is authentic and true to each of those genres. And so what we've noticed over the years is that someone comes in as a comic fan and they leave as a comic and a sci-fi fan. So this sort of melting pot of fandoms where everyone is open and excited about celebrating, you know, their core fandom, but also opening themselves up to new fandoms as well. So I think to an extent, that's really what sets our shows apart. You know, that sounds like an absolutely amazing experience to be able to kind of have access to all of these things. And we were going to talk about platforms a little bit. And I know one of the things Wizard World was doing was an online version of the conventions. Well, you know, we've all been having to deal with the pandemic. So we've had to make a lot of changes with that type of a thing. How do you deliver the show? Because I know in-person would be one of them, of course. Yeah, look, we continue to focus on that in-person experience, that live face-to-face experience. Um, Obviously, there's been a lot of disruption over the past 15 months as we all navigate um, the nuances of shutdowns and reopenings and et cetera. But I think uh, things are starting to come back. We're in Orlando this weekend for a four-day event, um, and the fans are super excited about bringing the community back together. So we continue to focus on that live face-to-face experience because based on where these uh, sort of conventions originated, it's about that community connection. It's about making friendships in the lineups as you're waiting for celebrities. It's about weddings and, and uh, families that are, that are born out of, you know, speed dating at a Comic-Con and all that sort of stuff. It's those authentic face-to-face experiences that I think will always be so important uh, for these sorts of events. and. Um, you know, as we come back safely, they will still continue to have a really, really central piece of um, of this uh, of this community. So I got to ask you, tell me about a wedding at Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything you would imagine and more. I mean, we're talking costumes, we're talking spontaneity. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I have to say we, we've, we've seen it all and um, it, it really doesn't get much better than that when people choose to make our event part of their really, really big day. And I can only imagine that. I, just the idea of that, I'm going to have to look that up now. Not something I would have thought of, but it goes to show the flexibility of just being creative, you know? Well, look, yeah, your imagination really is the limit. And again, you know, we're excited about bringing on some really legacy knowledge. Uh, the team members from Wizard are coming over to work with our team too. So We'll be able to really get the best of both worlds. And as I said earlier, work on those once-in-a-lifetime experiences that, uh, that people will um, be able to come and, and, and uh, enjoy at our events. 
No, it sounds great. So let's talk about locations. Now, you mentioned Orlando, Florida. We're actually on the air down there, so they'll hear about it. Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon, of course, and we're looking forward to that. And I believe that's in February of next year, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then uh, California. Usually around some kind of the January, February uh, placement. And we are working on maintaining the date patterns, of course. Okay, cool. So it, so it's similar time. And we'll, we'll firm that up as we get closer, of course. But uh, looking at that and California, I know one of the Wizard World events we used to do was, I think, in Sacramento or the Bay Area somewhere. It was Sacramento mm-hmm. and San Jose. So, right. So are we still looking at You're going to keep those productions, I would imagine. Well, currently we're looking at these, the sort of the six largest. So, of course, Chicago, which has been around for many, many years and is a great legacy event. Philadelphia, New Orleans, St. Louis and Cleveland um, are, are what we're going to focus on from the outset. And then we definitely have the other markets on our radar okay. and we'll continue to kind of explore those opportunities as we build our momentum. But I think in, to, in, able, in order to be able to harness the opportunity, we've, we're, we're really focusing on these six large shows uh, from the outset. All right, so it sounds like if you're on the West Coast, come to Portland, and it's a beautiful place to go. So I can't, I can't sell it enough. <laughs> so it's Portland's the, on the list. It's on the list. I know it's held at the convention center. Very easy to get to every year. We've always had a lot of fun with it. So we've got a little bit of time left here. Let's ask a question. What's your favorite thing in the line of cosplay? A lot of our audience loves that that you've seen. Yeah. Look, I mean. It's again being away for fifteen months. I'm I'm kind of excited to see what is that key costume. I mean, you always see the Spider Man, the Wonder Woman. I mean, you have those staples. Um, but I'm excited to see. Everyone's been consuming so much media, you know, these past fifteen months while we've been at home. So I'm curious to see what characters have really resonated with the fans because you uh, you really um, you know what 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 is popular that's emerged uh, from, from this time that we've all been, uh, been at home. The other thing that I really love about cosplay is mashup cosplay, you know, mm-hmm. where some people combine two different characters in sort of a mashup way. So, um, you know, it's just so creative and so clever. It's, it always amazes me at how many hours people put into these really authentic costumes. Um, and, you know, then the show becomes their playground and their stage where they get to uh, to show it off and celebrate their work with all the, of their community. I can't wait to see some of the stuff that's going to be out this year. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us. And maybe we could have you back when we get a little closer to the Portland show. I'd love that. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Interesting topic that's been coming up, and it has to do with cell phone providers. And earlier, T-Mobile and Sprint merged. That's been a thing in the news in the past, which has taken the big ones down to three, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. But there are actually smaller cell phone providers out there, and there's a, a lot of different choices when this comes to it, but they don't necessarily run their own networks. So how does this all work? One of the ones that you might have heard about 
is being offered by your cable company. Both Comcast and Charter are offering cell phone services. You can go there and buy a phone. Other ones, Boost Mobile may have been one that you've heard of. Visible, yeah. which is not one that I had heard of. Mint Mobile. I've heard uh, of Mint. We've heard of Mint and Visible because they run commercials. Okay, yeah. so and they're like I say, they're out there. They're just two brands that I hadn't hadn't heard of. Another one that we do use is Google Fi. Yeah, which falls under this. And what happens in most of these situations is no, they don't run their own network. They pay for time and access on one of the big providers' networks. So. Mint Mobile, as a for example, has access to T-Mobile's network. So if you're using Mint, you're really doing your call on T-Mobile. So as long as T-Mobile has things like 5G access where they are, you'll have 5G access. And that's hmm. how that comes down and that, how that works. Now, Google Fi, which is a little bit different, uses T-Mobile, Sprint, and U.S. Cellular. Sprint being gone now is primarily T-Mobile as well, although U.S. Cellular is still out there. Same thing on 5G. Now, I know on my phone I get 5G. Jeremy and Gretchen, I don't know if you do. I haven't seen it. No. Okay, so uh, and you're still running on your Pixel 3, so they may not even be able to do it. Yeah, I don't think our phones can. So I don't know. Now, one thing about Google is there is a bit of a, um, let's say, you know, adversary between Google and Apple. So Oh, so that's slightly, yeah. So the question becomes, what about an iPhone? Well, they do have the ability to have an iPhone on Google Fi but it would not have access to 5G. So there's some limitations from that standpoint. Google Fi also has the ability to go and buy what are called Fi-friendly phones that will work with their technology directly. Other companies like Visible uses Verizon as their carrier. So what does this all mean? And why wouldn't you just go with the mainstream competitors? You know, good question to ask on that. And a lot of what it is is different ways that the mobile bandwidth is sold. So where on some networks you might need to pre-qualify with credit to get a monthly bill, others you can prepay, that type of thing. Those are some of the differences. And there's other things that are out there too, and features, costs of phone, all that kind of thing. And there's a lot of people that just would prefer to use a smaller company, although unfortunately they use the big ones at the end of the day. So It so, might be the working who they're working with. True. Yeah. Because some of the smaller companies might be more likely to answer the phone or the email or the text or whatever the deal is. Well, no, sometimes you feel lost in the bigger companies. It's interesting because what you're saying is is spot on with that. There's a lot of differences in things like customer service. And the telecommunications industry has some of the worst customer service records in some situations of any business that there is. We've seen some of the controversies in the past from the cable companies and the same thing happens with the, with the mobile phone companies sometimes too. So there might be a desire to use something where you have a little different customer service, that type of thing. And again, offerings and, and that stuff. I know one of the reasons why we like Google Fi is because it does use multiple networks. If one doesn't work well in the area you're in, it has a backup in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always been nice. So, so smartphone technology is something that seems to progress every year. And I'm now on a Samsung, uh, what is it, Galaxy Note 20. Mm-hmm. And I know you are both running on a Pixel 3, which they seem to still work pretty good. Yeah, I- I've been really happy with it. So, you know, it's a matter of what we need. Now, I know we were all on a Motorola phone before that, which didn't work so well. Right. No. Um, to put it mildly. Yeah. So there is a lot of difference in the technology that's actually out there and the way that things work. So a big part of this comes down to amounts of money that you want to spend, mm-hmm. who you want your plan to be with, 
and stuff like that. One of the other things, too, is that phones can be very expensive. Now, the Pixels are a good three, dollars $400 price range, depending on what version and what type and all of that. I know that the Samsung phone, like what I have, was about double that, actually two and a half times that. So you have a huge difference in that. And I don't know, the difference in what you pay for is basically what your needs are, kind of what you're doing with the mobile phone. And this is part of what this comes down to. If you want a phone strictly for the purpose of making a phone call, you don't need the high-end stuff. But it's a little bit weird to just want to make a phone call with your phone. (laughs) Yeah, I actually haven't seen anybody actually just making phone calls. There's all kinds of other things going on. Yeah, it just... uh, apps and different things like that that you can do on a smartphone and what they're able to do varies. And it's also important that if you do buy an expensive phone, at least in my mind, is that you have a carrier that doesn't trash it, you know, like downgrade it, do software weird things to it to ruin it. I had a Samsung. I absolutely loved it. And then the carrier that we had decided to send up what I would call malicious upgrades that made it not work right anymore. There was nothing wrong with the physical phone. It was the carrier. Yeah. So this, Now, this is a radio, so I'm doing the air quotes here. Upgrade. Uh, um, yes. <laughs> we yeah, I was trying to be nice. That. It was one of the big three carriers, and uh-huh. we did this. And uh, we actually went in and were told point blank by their employee, yeah, that happens sometimes, that they are trying to disable the phone or reduce its capabilities so that you'll go in and buy new. And that just made me so mad. I will never use that company again. Yeah, and and that's the way that a lot of people feel. I mean, this is not good customer service. And you're looking at an investment. I mean, when you think about it, a high-end mobile phone costs more than a laptop computer now. Yeah. And if you put it in those terms and think about that's really where it is, uh, average laptop computer is five, $600. If you want one with a high graphic card and all of those things, you'll spend about 1000 And you can easily spend that on a cell phone. Yep. Without even thinking twice about it. So one of the other things that's important to also consider on this is the idea of insurance on your phone. Mm-hmm. And this is something I do advise everybody to check out. Now, the carriers, most of them offer an insurance plan that's a monthly fee. But there's a lot of times the ability to get a better deal out there. And if you look around companies like Square Trade, I just use them as an example, not to endorse them, but they're one that offers this. And others do where you can buy insurance plans on phones. It costs less, and they'll cover us, cover them as well. So send us your questions on your cell phones. Great topic. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Glad to have you here with us. Yeah. You know, we talk about Star Wars on this show a lot, and there's been a lot of rumors and different things circulating, Star Wars, Disney+, Plus, all the rest of it. So what is going on? We have a, a lot of things announced on Disney Plus Day, and we've got stuff from Marvel, Disney, um, Star Wars, just everything that they were touching, everything they were, all the series they were making out. Now we got more. So what's been going on this year? Is it something we need to all sit down for and take a breath first? Is it good stuff? Well, I think the Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff should be good. I'm excited for that. And apparently it's six episodes? Yeah, it's a six-episode series. 
uh, we're going to have uh, Ewan McGregor and we're going to have, um, oh, I can't remember his name, Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker or Darth Vader. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple of, uh, we've got an animated series for the X-Men coming. We've got a Moon Knight series for Marvel, another Marvel series for She-Hulk. And then uh, do you guys, if, if people remember WandaVision, uh, remember the bad guy that was actually a bad gal? Right. And uh, sh- I guess they're going to give her a series. Ag- Agatha Harkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a. What? I was just going to say, it's amazing what you can do with streaming. Because you would oh, never yeah. have stuff like that on broadcast television because there wouldn't be time. Right. right. So now uh, we're also going to have a net new uh, Spider Man animated series. Um, apparently, the Hawkeye series is already going over very well, even though it's not out yet. So there's already going to be a spin off. Okay. And uh, I, I like Hawkeye. I do too. I, he's just he's a funny. cool guy. Uh, <laughs> there's, so there's an animated series for uh, the Marvel zombies from What If. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, and okay. Apparently, they're going to make a second Willow movie. And if you uh, had uh, been on Twitter, uh, you would have uh, seen uh, Warwick uh, Davis's little Twitter post where he's kind of like um, teasing his co-stars right. <laughs> you know? yeah. and they're all acting like, well, aren't you too old and all this other stuff. And it, you have to see it. It's funny. There's going to be a, an animated series for um, Marvel's Groot. You know, it's called I am Groot, which okay. is going to be, yeah, be interesting. Yeah. That'd have to be the title of something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, we have What If Season 2. Okay. Apparently, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I really I like it. I, was really I enjoyed that. Uh, we've got a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. <laughs> as long as it isn't like the Star Wars one when I was a kid, that was traumatizing. So I have to ask a question if you know. <laughs> I was looking at this, and there is a holiday special under the Star Wars menu. Really? Uh, is that the holiday special? Is it special? Legos? I, I don't know. I haven't watched it, it but... It should be. Should be Legos? I don't know. Well, no, it should be the original holiday special. I know they've got clips of really? it for other stuff. Yeah. We should go watch it. Um, <laughs> wouldn't, is it. Wouldn't that just like make George Lucas freak out? I don't know. <laughs> that might be one where you want to have your, you know, eggnog first. But <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah, maybe give him a lot of eggnog because there's all these weird things in that episode that did not make any sense. And I remember as a kid going, what the heck was that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, and there is. I mean, you know, the uh, Wookiee Life Day, uh, all of this stuff. Yeah. But the one thing that did come out of that was Boba Fett. And Book of Boba Fett is another series that's going to be coming out. A right? lot of people are looking forward and to And we're that. also getting an Under the Helmet special. Yes. Yeah. Legacy of Boba Fett. So yeah. that's going to be awesome, too. Yeah. So having all of that out there is going to be kind of cool. And, you know, checking it out. And I, I'm noticing that a good portion of Disney's new stuff Works with the Atmos system and the surround lighting and everything quite well. So that's kind of cool. It's going to be neat. And uh, if anybody really likes Zootopia, they're going to do another series called Zootopia Plus. Oh, really? Yeah, so that should be fun. That was a cute cartoon. Uh, We've got uh, a live-action series for the Disenchanted franchise, which is uh, the the children of the previous generation of, like, princesses and princes and all that. So Okay. Oh, okay. That's a, like a kid's uh, show, isn't yes. it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've got Hocus Pocus 2, which apparently is going to come out. We've got an animated series for Baymax from uh, Big Hero 6, which should be fascinating. That could be cool. I liked Baymax. I, that was the, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, and here's something maybe for the older crowd. Um, they found some um, 
uh, Beatle footage that they are going to share. Okay. And um, it's a three-part thing where it's kind of like a documentary, but it looks like it's sharing a lot of uh, of uh, the Beatles stuff during the, like, looks like the Double White album. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of them, like, video of them rehearsing and recording. Mm-hmm. Right. So that should be really neat. So if you're a Beatles fan, you got to see that. No, it's, it definitely sounds like it. And it's, it sounds like this is all worth doing. And this is all in the subscription. So, you mm-hmm. know, take mm-hmm. it away and let us know what you think of it. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Joining us now, reporter Steve Mailer. Well, guys, thank you. I'm actually um, meeting today with a very interesting lady. Her name is Michelle Duguay, and she works with an organization that does something that is very near and dear to my heart. She basically helps to rescue horses. Michelle, welcome to User-Friendly. Thank you, Steve. It's good to be on. It's good to have you. So what what's the name of the organization that you're involved with? It is called the Oregon Horse Rescue. Oregon Horse Rescue. Okay, and that's based in you say, that's based in Portland. Is that correct? Well, they're outside. They're south of Portland in Eugene. Okay. What is your function there? What do you do for the organization? I am their barn manager. So my job is to basically run the operations, um, take care of the horses, make sure that they are healthy and happy. That's a great mission. How long has this organization been in existence? Or do they're you know? They're into their seventh year. Seventh year, okay. Yeah, the owners, David and Jane Kelly, started it through Jane's love of, of horses and wanting to do something for horses that needed it. She started with one and at one point got up to 60 and averaged around 20-something, and we're a little wow. below that right now. Okay. COVID, we're not taking in very many more horses right now. Not taking in anymore. Okay. So what is, what's the process by which someone, that a horse gets involved in your organization, does maybe like an owner decides that they can't care for the horse anymore? There's lots of reasons. That's a pretty strong one. Uh, neglected, abused horses do come to us. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the horses happen to come to us by way of, let's say, a couple who have horses all their life, but the husband basically took care of them and he passes and the wife, the widow wants to keep them somewhere beautiful and have them stay together, let's say a pair of horses that are on her property. So we'll take them in and they'll live with us for the rest of their lives. Okay, so that actually comes to my next question. So is is the intention of the organization isn't necessarily to find a new forever home, or is that part of your mission as well? It is. It both, they both are. We'll take the horses that are sanctuary horses, and it's usually because they have, they have a lot of needs medically for them. And then we have horses that come in that are younger, and what we try to do is rehome them. Find a okay. forever home for that. Got it. Okay, so it's it, it kind of you run both sides. You if if you don't think you're yeah. going to find a forever home for a horse, then you become that forever home. But if it's that younger, yeah. But if it's if it's younger and it has a, a likelihood of being useful or a loved pet by another family, then it can find another a forever home. Exactly, and that's okay. why we do call it a rescue or a sanctuary. <laughs> that's so we'll rescue them and find them a home. Or they'll live with us for the Got rest it. of their life, and we'll take care of them. 
Okay, well, I mean, I, I love the mission. Who doesn't love horses? I, well, yeah, because who doesn't? I'm afraid of them, but everyone loves them. <laughs> yeah. In the process of onboarding a horse into your system, are there what? what's the process? What do you do? Well, a lot of people contact us through social media, actually. They will come on to our Facebook okay. page, and okay. they will send us a message. And that's a lot of our contacts. We do get telephone calls, and once in a blue moon, we get it by snail mail. Okay. But usually people find us when they're looking for a rescue on a engine of searching for us they'll find us through a search online okay and a lot of them will end up on our our facebook post okay and find us there we have both a facebook page for the rescue itself and then once people start volunteering and they're a part of the organization we have a volunteer page as well so awesome we get a lot of messages through that social media asking about either information on rescuing from us or offering and surrendering a horse to us. I see. What is what's the name of the Facebook page on Facebook if someone so someone wouldn't have to it necessarily do a or, search? Yeah. So it is under Oregon Horse Rescue. Okay. Okay. This has to be an expensive thing to take care of. It is. You mentioned twenty horses. How what what is there do you have a source of funding? Are you a non profit? We are a non profit. Okay. Um, I know that David and Jane Kelly put a lot of their Let's and tears and money into it. We have amazing donors and support and sponsors for the horses. Someone okay. might sponsor a horse monthly um, to help us with their medical costs and their feed and okay. taking care of them. We have grants that we've been blessed to get Excellent. over the years that will help us out. And it's really donations and that support that we get from them out there and we almost lost the ranch a year or so ago in a big campaign, a radio program, and mentioned it in a newspaper article, and we got a lot of support and a lot of volunteers from it. Well, hopefully this will do the same for you. Thank <laughs> I mean, you. We get it. it. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah, getting getting the word out and make you know making people aware of who you are, what you do, and what you need is kind of critical especially for a nonprofit is. organization. Is. What is the uh, the phone number to reach um, your organization? So you can reach us through me, which is 408-908-0548 number. Okay. You can go to our webpage at OregonHorseRescue.com online. Okay. So um, you mentioned that some of the horses are old, some of the horses are young. So they just, do you ever have horses that are actually born at o- Oregon Horse Rescue? We don't have any that are born, although we might get young ones coming to us because the mother has passed, and that's um. rare. What we end up getting, though, are pretty old horses. In fact, we have some of the oldest horses our farriers have in his 400 head that he takes care of. We have two of the oldest horses. We have a 37-year-old horse wow. named Earl, okay. and we have a 36-year-old horse named Nana Rose. And there's information on the page, I'm sure, like pictures, descriptions of a yeah. little bit of their history. Yeah, the okay. website will show both our sanctuary horses and our rescue horses. So horses that are up for adoption, um, and then those that are our sanctuary horses. And they'll show everything from our youngest little pony and our oldest horses that are there. Okay. And the stories. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's such a great thing that you're doing. And um, I certainly hope that this leads to some of the horses getting the support that they need and possibly future homes. <clears throat> so aside from social media to make people aware, are there other technologies that you use um, at Oregon Horse Rescue? I do. I started to use a new software called Barn Manager. And it's an app I actually have on my phone and on my computer at home. 
which is amazing as a person who's done this most of my life, I can now walk around the barn with my phone in hand, update feed, update medicine changes, put in an appointment with a farrier, and everyone on the crew and everyone at the barn knows. If wow. anything was to happen to me, it would all be there in the app. That's it's awesome. on everyone's phone, and we get to share it. It's an amazing way to run the barn. Uh, okay. No whiteboard. <laughs> yeah, we're we are in the 21st century, so we should be using technology, even if it's in a barn, oh, right? Oh, it is. It's an amazing system, and I love using Barn Manager. It's made my life a lot easier. Barn Manager software for barn managers on the go. I love it. It's amazing what you can do with an iPhone or an iPad and a Wi-Fi connection. So I'm actually looking on the site at OregonHorseRescue.com. And I am noticing that there is a message center that's listed if you needed to reach out to them. It looks like you can do that at 541-520-0371. And please do. I'm sure they would love to hear from you if you need assistance or you want to provide assistance because it's a great cause. Well, Michelle, it's been fun having you on the show. It's been fun catching up. And uh, we'll maybe follow up with you in the future and see how things are going at the Oregon Horse Rescue. Bill, Jeremy, and Gretchen, back to you in the studio. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. You know, it's fun to have a clip show once in a while. Yeah. yeah, it seems like with some of the preemptings and stuff we've had, it's been a little more than once in a while lately. But mm. th- this was some good material to be able to look back on, going back to season one of uh, User Friendly Three or Two Point <laughs> Season Three. Boy, it, it oh, numbers, right. you know, confusing. <laughs> I, I think I'm still suffering from the turkey hangover here a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just roll you on over to the microphone. Yeah, I'll tell you. Well, you got to do that once in a while. It's on a swing arm. I mean, you know. know, There you are. Yeah, (laughs) that's about right. He's on a swing arm? Yes. (laughs) Y'all's on a swing arm, so is the microphone. So hopefully everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know we did. We got a Mm pre-cooked turkey, uh, so I cheated. But you know what? It was really good. (laughs) Well, you got to do what you got to do. You do. I know you guys cook your own stuff, right? Yep. It's always an adventure. Well, coming mm. right up here, I think it's next weekend is Emerald City. Yes, next weekend. So oh uh, looking yeah. forward to that. That kind of came up fast. And, uh, it did. I was always thinking, you know, this this is after Thanksgiving, so I don't have to worry about it right now. And now that it's after Thanksgiving. Um, it's next week. Yeah, it's next week. I'm glad we've got everything <laughs> booked out. So uh, <laughs> I just hope the weather is good. Yeah, it's still a little ways out to be able to know that. But I yeah. would say definitely plan on rain. It's going to be a good mm-hmm. show. Um, rain is okay, but flying airplane through snow is yeah. bad. Yeah. Pilots are professionals. They'll be fine. Yeah. I, I, let's just keep our fingers crossed it all goes smoothly. I think it will. Mm-hmm. And uh, requiring uh, showing a vaccine card, check out their website for the details on all of that to make sure you don't go there and can't get in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, But outside of that, I, I think we're, we're really looking forward to what will be a good show. I'm expecting it to be a little bit smaller than past years because that seems to be happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. But um, nevertheless, half the size would still be huge for that one. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So we got Emerald City in December, Consumer Electronics Show in January, and the Fan Expo also in January. Yeah, so th- those are going to be events. Fan Expo, um, I think we're going to be there. We'll know that for sure in the next couple of weeks, and we'll let you know. But the Consumer Electronics Show is definitely a go, and that's happening right after New Year's in Las Vegas. 
My understanding of that is the convention center and like five of the hotel convention rooms or something. So that could be huge. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to ask Chaz. He's covered this for us in the past. This is our first time actually being able to go to it. It'll be nice to see Chaz again. It'll be nice yeah. to see Chaz again in person. And it will be wonderful to actually check out the show. So definitely something if you're planning to go to that one, shoot us a hello and, you know, let's uh, let's see what we all think of it. It's uh, It's Vegas. And we're a little bit experienced with that. We all lived down there in the past, but it's been like 20 years. So a lot of it's changed, but um, a lot of it's the same. So I'm looking forward to seeing that end of it, too. Oh, yeah. And then Fan Expo, Portland, January 21st to 23rd. First time it's going to be Fan Expo was the Wizard World show. So that's going to be one that's going to be kind of fun to check out and see what the changes are there and Mm -hmm. uh, let you know what's going on with that one. So until next week, this is User Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2021, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Podcast available at UserFriendlyNation.com, TheAnswerPortland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.